Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Welcome back, Matt. We are back. Season seven. Better than ever. Seven seasons in heaven. That's right. <laughs> That's the old game teenagers used to play back in the day. That's right. You go into a closet. You go to a party and then you, you randomly, like two people would get picked. You had to go in a closet and then talk about your favorite episodes of Finest Work Songs. Yeah, with the lights out. Which was weird. I don't know why the lights had to be out. but you Some know. nervous teenage boys like, uh, the one with Freak Me. <laughs> Matt, for those pop country fans who are just joining us for the first time, what is it we do here on Finest Work Songs? On Finest Work Songs, what we really just love to talk about classic albums. It can be an album that's universally revered as such, or it might be a favorite of, of Matt or mine from way back in the day that we love and, and, and think should get way more praise and respect than it maybe does so sometimes it's sometimes it's something we completely agree on and want to talk about just a classic album and sometimes we try to convince one another that an album is actually classic but all in all it's just a great opportunity to just talk about music and just have a little fun in the process sometimes it's an undeniable worldwide classic yep and so we want to see what all the fuss is about that's what today is oh yeah <laughs> We're here to talk music, but we do it for the Finest Work fans. Sometimes those fans like to send us email at our Gmail account, finestworksongs at gmail.com. Sometimes those emails are gut-wrenching and honest, and mm. we're all going through stuff. Every now and then, people will share what they're going through with us, and with their permission, we always like to share back uh, to the fans these questions so that we can try and help you out some. It's a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny Gmail is in response to our Emmylou Harris Wrecking Ball. Classic. Classic. Yep. Comes from Ellis Walsh. And Ellis writes, I like reading a post that can make men and women think. I think we have finally have crossed over to where men and women think about what we were talking about. Oh, I thought it was passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> saying cut out the boys club oh maybe that's what ellis is getting at i don't know emily we're pretty tender and yeah and kind that's kind of our mo tender and kind <laughs> that's our new nicknames <laughs> i would be neither <laughs> the listeners are like well we know matt says both thanks to the fans for writing in it's great interacting with you all and keep those emails coming again finestworksongs at gmail.com you never know, we might read one of your emails on a show sometime. Matt, we've alluded to it with the term pop country. Exactly what album are we doing here today? Today we're going to be talking about Shania Twain's mammoth hit, Come On Over. Let's go, girls. Yeah, we're doing it. We are diving into pop country head first. Yep. We kind of alluded to starting with Garth. I don't know how you and I got to talking about Shania Twain. Admittedly, I think it was a little bit of a joke, right? I mean, almost like a laugh. We were just kind of talking about it. Yeah. And it came up. It was like, ha, 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 ha that'd be funny. And then did we, we were text like, about it? Maybe we did text about Let it. Let me see if it's in there. Was it with Troy? Yeah. Okay. You shared a text to a friend. Mm -hmm. It was a tweet from Pitchfork that said, Shania Twain's 1997 blockbuster showed the world the power of a true pop country crossover. And then you put, boom. <laughs> And That's then it. they put LOL. That's and then, <laughs> and he said, convo with my colleague. And I said, dude, what if we kicked off the season with Shania? This was on a thread with our friend Troy. Previous guest. Two-time guest. Yep, two-time guest. And he said, I might have to stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are here. We're doing it. Yep, which my wife is glad we're doing it. She said yesterday, when are y'all recording the podcast? I said, tomorrow morning. She said, good, because, man, I like Shania, but I'm ready to be done. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I've been plastic Shania for a week, at least. I'm picturing you, like, in the kitchen, making dinner, and Shania's playing, and you're just, like, strutting around the kitchen. You're picturing correctly. Really? Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's go, girls. You got some sass in your life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right, well, we'll get into it, but before we do, we like to start with our memories, so... Matt, what is your memory of Shania Twain? Keep in mind, this is a family <laughs> oh, podcast. Okay, th- well, <laughs> thanks for reminding me on that. So this album came out in 1997, which was the year I graduated from college. My first job out of college was I worked the sports desk at the newspaper here in town. And mm-hmm. so that meant going in like at 5 p.m. until 1 or 2 in the morning. You're getting stats in, helping to set up the sports page and all that stuff wasn't exactly a lucrative job so i had took a part-time job at the old blockbuster music as we've talked about before i've heard country music incessantly in high school and kind of you rebelled against it you didn't really want to listen to it so turned my nose at it a bit and then i get to where I'm, i'm working in a music store and this monstrous hit of an album by shania twain comes out and not only Let's go, girls. You walk into work and that's what you hear. 24-7. I mean, there were, what, 12 singles off this album. Jeez. Even despite my proclivity to, like, ignore this album, as I started researching it for this podcast, I knew every single song on this album. Yeah, You couldn't escape it. When you worked at Blockbuster Music, did you have to, like, push certain albums? Like, people come in and you're like, hey... Hoobastank, here you go. Like <laughs> Just like you're at a restaurant, they're like, we need you to push this app. I don't remember much of that. But yeah, it's like, the new Coors album is out. We got to sell 16 <laughs> copies. You remember the Coors? That's the Irish stuff? Yeah, the Irish. Gosh, dude, you love that Irish stuff. I did, I did not like the Coors. I'm just saying that was that, that seemed First like... First thing that came in your mind. Well, I mean, it is, it is a win today. <laughs> I was trying to think of an album like of that time. Okay, you some know, random thing some random that thing you're like, It was kind of right. big. What about you? What's your, what's your Shania Twain memory? Matt, it was a... Around this time that I was a computer programmer, and uh, I also did a lot of hacking, and (laughs) this leather-clad woman showed up. She started telling me about this, like, dangerous other world Mm. that is real and that what I'm doing isn't real. I woke up in, like, what I thought was this nightmare, Mm. and then this dude with these, like, really tiny glasses came up and was just like, hey, man. John Lennon? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe John Lennon. (laughs) So anyways, dude shows up and he's like, hey, man, you could take a pill to find truth Mm. or you could take another pill to forget everything. Sure. I decided to take the truth pill, Mm. you know, and then I find out we actually all live in pods, Matt. Like Keurig coffee pods? Oh, yeah. That's right. Wow. (laughs) That's wild. There was this war broke out between humanity and AI machines Mm -hmm. and and the machines won, of Mm. course, as we know they're going to. Uh, Matter of time here. For any future computers that are listening, (laughs) welcome, AI overlords. Yes. (laughs) Matt and I like to submit our services as podcasters. (laughs) What music would the robots listen to? Just bleeps and bloops? Oh, probably Radiohead. Craftwork. Radiohead. Yeah. (laughs) Craftwork. I think they're big Coors fans. Coors. This is the first time any podcast has referenced the Coors. The Coors. So you're welcome, the Coors. (laughs) Anyway, there's a huge battle, and they're like, we think you might be the one, uh, because some prophet said it. Then the prophet was like, no, Matt's not the one. Mm. We go into fighting. The leather lady was there, and she was like, let's go, girls. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what gave me the confidence. That's right. Uh, She said, I don't care what that dumb prophet says. You're still the one. And then the glasses dude was just like, you talking about let's go girls lady? You know, that soft hit she had. And she's like, I don't know, but we got a battle to fight. 
And he's like, well, if you ever make it out of here, make sure that you track down Shania Twain. Yes. That world may not be real, mm. but that song is real. Wow. Turns out that dude was right. Sure. Shania Twain is is the one. And she's spectacular. Yeah, jeez. Thank goodness you were able to make it out yeah. and experience Shania Twain yeah. with the rest of everybody else in the world. Yeah. You know how many puns with... I mean, it's waiting. Um, let's see. I'll tell you, Matt, it was quite an excellent adventure. Oh. Mm-hmm. First thing I did was speed on down to the. Oh. Uh, I'm not doing your job for you. <laughs> apparently, you are. All right, let's go, girls. This album kicks off with Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Yeah. Let's go, girls. Sounds like my sixth grade distortion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go, girls. Grammy-winning best female country vocal performance for this song. I mean, probably just good enough for the Let's Go Girls at the beginning. Yeah, that's it. That's all they heard. (laughs) (laughs) You can't fake that kind of passion. No, you can't. It won in the year 2000. Three years later. Three years. And this was the eighth single release. God. I would have thought it was number one. If there are three things you think about with Shania Twain, it's the riff to the song. A friend of mine, we were talking about Shania Twain and as a joke I think I did this to you too I recorded myself doing that riff and texted <laughs> to him and he was like oh my god stop it you know still the one and then the third thing would be like the midriff that was kind of like her trademark I think time. about the leopard outfit the oh, yeah. hooded in the desert oh yeah That's what I think about the title of the song was based on her experience working at a resort in Ontario. Okay. She's Canadian, as we've said. Mm-hmm. And she worked there to provide for her brothers and sisters after their parents died in a car crash. Gosh. Tragic. Yes. She said that she saw some drag performers working at the resort. I don't know if one of them said it, but that made her think, oh, they feel like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. they do feel like a woman. Yeah. Have you gotten into her backstory? Pretty rough upbringing yeah tragic is a good way of putting it i mean just fairly broken household mm-hmm. not much money twain's the name of her stepdad and she says she wouldn't go by her original name of edwards because mm-hmm. that would be kind of a slap in the face yeah, to, to her dad mm-hmm. she also goes on to talk about how her dad was abusive this twain guy yeah and so i'm thinking gosh how awful is your life that you are going well i know this guy abused me but he stuck around to raise yeah, the family right. so i want to respect him i'm gonna use his name 
she was playing in, in bars at like age eight. That was the path they had her on. Yeah. Because I can't think if you're eight, you're like, no, nah, I do want to go to the bar. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I want to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like that combination of tough background and I don't want to go back to that. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Clearly someone who's driven and has some, you know, the ability to stick with something because her first album does yeah. not do well at all. This is funny. It only reached 67 on the U.S. Country Albums chart, but she's so popular that in 1999, mm-hmm. her first album sold over a million copies. <laughs> People <laughs> just could not get enough Shania Twain. Has there ever been a larger leap from a bad first album to a great second oh, album? That's a really good question. Everyone knows Radiohead's first album, Pablo Honey's. Yeah. Not good. It's got a few moments on there, and then right. the Benz is brilliant. Yeah. You know? But I'm talking but 15 Pablo million. Honey sold albums. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's right. That's right. There's kind of nothing to 15 million yeah. for her second album with a number one single, Any Man of Mine. I can't think of anyone who's made such a leap. It's not uncommon for a debut album to be big and then to kind of have somewhat of a drop off after that. But it, that's pretty rare to have a just a forgettable debut. And then have some such a leap like that. And Grammy, she won a Grammy for the best country album. And then that set her up to go to Come On Over, which apparently she was vocal about wanting to become an international success. Mutt Lang made sure that, that could happen. Mutt Lang. Mutt Lang is this hard rock pop producer extraordinaire and he's one of these guys that puts his stamp on everything he touches from a production standpoint we're talking back in black by acdc yep, that's right. so we talked about him there which is the second best-selling album of all time and then he's got shania which is top 10 album <laughs> sales of all time right def leopard he did mm-hmm. all of theirs or all their big, big ones, ones yep. he produced brian adams waking up the neighbors really which had everything i do i do it for you i mean from the Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. That was big. And he had co-writing on that. How much is Mutt Lang worth? I wonder how his, how that works with him and co-writing. Was Brian Adams like, oh man, it's, I got the song. It's like everything I do, I do it for us. And he's like, no, it's you. <laughs> and he's like, brilliant. And he's like, put my name on it. Yeah, you wonder like where it crosses over from producer to songwriter. Yeah. Well, he's clearly a songwriter because he and Shania co-wrote almost everything. Mm-hmm. He is worth $225 million. Wow. Shania, he heard her music and then got in touch with her. They were married like the next year or something. Oh, really? You know what? He had the song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, played at their wedding. Performed. I wonder if old B. Adams oh, oh. in the band. Hello, Canadian. Everything I Do, I Do It For You. I wonder if he meant that when he had the affair with... <laughs> with her best friend. With her best friend. <laughs> Have you heard about their separation? Oh, that's insane. It is insane. So he has an affair with her best friend. Yep. They get divorced. He ends up marrying Shania's best friend. And then Shania ends up marrying her ex-husband. Right. Who is like in the, the, the Nestle family or something. Yeah, I think she even found out about the affair from... Brian Adams. <laughs> Gosh, dude cannot keep a secret. <laughs> the funny thing about that is a picture of the cover to Waking Up the Neighbors. Oh, yeah. Remember he's got a bullhorn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what he's shouting. He, he's sleeping with your best friend. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I hope none of them have kids because that just seems very confusing. That's not even a love triangle. Is that a love parallelogram? Like, what do you call that? Yeah, I don't know what that what, is. What is that? Uh, Matt, he produced the course. Full circle. <laughs> but he did not produce her second album, correct? He did. He did, okay. That's what got her to 15 million, okay. or at least he was part of that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't want to deny her talent. Right. The reason that she disowns her first album is that she says that she wasn't part of it really she wanted more control more creative input yeah she's an artist she's like i'm a songwriter yeah and that's when things really start to happen for her yep 
All right, let's keep rolling with the music. Next song we're going to cover is track three, Love Gets Me Every Time. that moment when you knew Kristen was the one mm-hmm. did you get your boys all together did you tell them guys I gall darn gone and done it <laughs> <laughs> have you heard that phrase and done I mean maybe that's I would have assumed she and I would have gone with like gosh darn if she was trying to be uh, unoffensive because I couldn't figure out what the gall darn yeah. you're saying it's like instead of saying GD yeah yeah okay yeah she says that she had heard of this expression okay and so that's what made her so it's not even her expression like no you know canadian shania didn't come up with that like that is like the weirdest country saying really that she is. heard down in tennessee yeah that's right i also like to imagine the number of hillbillies that came out of the woodwork trying to claim co-writing credit that's my saying yeah <laughs> they say they made up galdard gone and done it uh this was the first single this was the first single which why I mean, it's fine, but yeah. it's so cheesy. I mean, that's a thread throughout this album. That's the curse. Mutt Lang is going to get you a hit, mm-hmm. but you're going to have these stupid backing vocals here. Not just the way they sing, it sounds like the Mutt Lang Def Leppard sound. Everything is so clean. It's clean, but it also sounds fake. It's antiseptic. It's just... just yeah. What's a phrase from growing up that you would have thrown into a song? I would have offered... Yeah, or, yeah. Probably 5011. 5011? 5011. Not 5011. Right. 5011. Yeah. So what does like, that mean? It means just a lot. Like, that quarterback, he was good. I bet he threw 5011 touchdowns. <laughs> just means a lot. Yeah. Who came up with that? I have no idea. 50-11. I remember hearing that quite a bit. Let's keep rolling. Next song we're going to talk about is the fourth single released from this moment on, featuring Brian White and the chorus. From this moment, life has begun. From this moment, you are the one. Right beside you is where I belong from this moment on. From this moment, I have been blessed. I live only for your happiness and for your love. I'd give my last breath. From this moment on 
Nasty solo. Mutt Lang is like, all right, that guitar, uh, we're just not getting the song of feel from this artist. We're going to go ahead and get on the edge of a cliff, and you're going to play this thing. <laughs> With the wind blowing. Yeah. Through your hair. That's it. That's the sound. Nailed it. It makes you wonder, like, if Mutt and Shania were like, God, you know what this album needs? Not one, but two wedding songs. <laughs> exactly. That's what they were going for. Because when you search, like, if you're like, oh, I want to look up the video for this song on YouTube, there are, like, a gazillion videos that people have made of this with stock photos of hands and wedding photos and engagement rings and people holding hands on the beach. And it's, you know, with the lyric, I mean, it's the quintessential wedding song. Not the only one on this album, as we'll see. No. And I think that's kind of funny because it's saying from this moment life has begun y'all have been dating and engaged like all that's trash yeah it just starts right. now yeah. you know all right yeah top 10 overplayed wedding songs here's some more on that list oh yeah and we're talking about first dance yep at last oh yeah better james which always felt weird as the first dance like yeah. really at last yeah what a wonderful world okay unchained melody sure freak me <laughs> 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 was that just my wedding? <laughs> yeah. Wonderful tonight. This is popsugar.com. Oh, okay. I probably would have found it later today anyway. More than words. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm sure we're going to do an extreme. Oh, at least one. Epipod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More than words seems like a bad first dance song. Like, there's no it's like beat. to dance to. Yeah. yeah. It's just the that's, acoustic. Yeah, that's right. I swear. All for one. Yes. I need to play that. I swear. Yes. By the moon and the stars in the skies. And I swear. Oh, hold on. There's a I swear by the minions. So I was going to say, I cannot think of the song now and not think about the minions. It's the best. I don't remember this. It's at the end of Oh, the, it's from Despicable Me 2. Yeah, it's the wedding. It's the wedding. Ah, la bota. Tachi, <laughs> That's the best. Oh my god. Underwear. That's all I think about when I hear I swear now. The second one, it hit my kids at a time where it scared them. 
because they turned into the purple thing. Oh, yeah. So one of my daughters, it really scared her. So we don't get to watch you that one much. Oh, yeah. All right. So overplayed wedding song. Was Shania on it? Yeah. Okay. From uh, this moment on. Oh, from that was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. okay yep. Very good. I want to admit something here. I never knew until this week that was someone else singing with her. Who'd you think it was? I just thought it was her the whole time. What? One, I just never really paid as close attention to the song. But Apparently. Like, they sound very similar. What? Yeah. I mean, now when I listen to it, like when we were listening to it this morning, I'm like, okay, that's a dude. But like... <laughs> okay. But I'm, like, then I don't have to do an A, B for you to... No, no. Okay. But like the tenor of their voices are pretty similar. Yeah. She described him as having the best male voice in country music. I thought it was kind of annoying, but <laughs> be honest. They thought about giving it to Celine Dion. Canadians got to look out for one another. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about the fact that she's Canadian and she is the highest selling country, which is an American genre <laughs> of all time. Right. That's... Shania is just cracking open a Molson and laughing. <laughs> Enjoying her Tim Hortons coffee. Those Canadians, man, they've made their mark. They have. Here we go. <laughs> you got the kids in the hall. That's good. I thought you were going to say something else. I'm getting there. You got <laughs> <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, John Candy. You know, bare naked ladies, lover boy, lover boy's Canadian. Yeah, man, you know Rush. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Did they give you a test when you had to work for Blockbuster? Like they <laughs> made you American or Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she performed this song with the Backstreet Boys. Interesting. I don't want to hear that, but we're not gonna. That doesn't draw me enough to <laughs> look it up. It's like, oh, I'll do that later. Somebody played it, but I'm not gonna type it in. <laughs> what year did she do the Super Bowl? 2003. Okay. Yeah. She started by Man, I Feel Like a Woman. This is that the Super Bowl? Yeah. Okay. And then she performed a song called Up. So far, two songs. We have three exclamation points. <laughs> and then some fireworks went off and no doubt sang Just a Girl. Oh my gosh. The show concluded with Sting performing Message in a Bottle <laughs> with Gwen Stefani joining. Who had the better 90s midriff? Shania Twain, Gwen Stefani. Or the Spice Girls all collectively. Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. I think Shania. I'm going Shania. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why she gets written off. Yep. Because she's incredibly beautiful mm -hmm. and fit. Yep. And then she can sing like that, and people right. no way believe that she writes. But right. sure enough, she does. That was my bias. I just figured, oh, someone probably discovered this. You know, she's got a pretty face, and she can sing, but oh, they're probably writing these songs for her. And like, no, I mean, she's, she's a songwriter. She's no joke, man. No. That's crazy, though, that she did the halftime show, but she only did two songs, and then No Doubt and Sting. Gosh, Sting. <laughs> Sting comes shows up, there up doing green sleeves. <laughs> it's ranked low among Super Bowl halftime performances. That's not surprising. Here we go. Let's look up Super Bowl halftime shows. This is by Rob Sheffield, Rolling Stone. Well-respected music career. Well-respected. Oh, the worst one, in his opinion? Mm -hmm. Black Eyed Peas. I think I tweeted at the time. The Black Eyed Peas halftime show is kind of like the end of the night at a club. If somebody turned on the lights, yeah, that's what it felt like. Because, you know, it's all harsh yeah. and gross at oh, a club yeah. when they turn the lights on. Oh, yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> Other bad ones. This is all one halftime show. Okay. It had Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, and Tina Turner. Ugh. Phil did the love theme from Tarzan. That's all we need to know about that. Yeah. At least do Susu Studio, Phil. Yeah. Come on, Phil. Oh, the Blues Brothers. Oh, my God. The Blues Brothers. <laughs> Why did they get beyond a skit? 
you know to me the blues brothers is such a barometer for like a generation yeah people i know who are about four to eight years older than we are love it love the blues brothers yeah and think it's like every time they show up they're like yes finally yes. again <laughs> and who cares if it's only 50 percent of the original blues brothers like i've seen the movie what do they love about it they're right. doing the dumb dance right with the mgs playing in the background <laughs> and it's so dumb. It's dumb it's so dumb but man don't tell someone who's in their early 50s it's dumb because yeah. they get punched in the face. <laughs> Which I'm sure there are tons of things that we love and oh, talk yeah. about that people are like, why That's do so they talk dumb. about that? That's so like dumb. That. Let's see what he said are the best. I'll give you his top five. Okay. 2001, Aerosmith, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Nelly, and Mary J. Blige. Okay. Way to go, y'all. Four. Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Mary okay. J. Blige, 50 Cent, and Kendrick Lamar. This past year. Not to mention Anderson Pack on drums. Yeah, that's right. For that. I'm kind of surprised that's not higher just for a little bit more recency bias. Yeah. I love that one. It was awesome. Three, Beyonce. Okay. Two, U2, mm-hmm. which, and you know, number one, Prince. It's hard to argue with that. But your favorite is? My favorite was U2, just for the timeliness of it and the sentimentality of it. Scrolling the names of 9-11 victims behind him and Bono opens up the jacket and he's got an American flag sewn into the back yeah. of it and all that. So. Sheffield says about Bono, it was a pained tribute to America that still felt profoundly anti-war and anti-violence. Quite a feat at the time. Only U2 could have made this so grandiose, yet so emotionally direct. Hmm. That's U2 yeah, for you. There you go. All right. Let's keep the first dance rolling. Yeah, let's do it. You're still the one. When I first saw you, I saw love. And the first time you touched me, I felt love. The engineer's like, uh, do you want me to leave? <laughs> Mutt, she's talking to you right now. This album's pop country. It is what it is. Yeah. But there are some undeniable moments and songs. And for me, this is one. Yeah. I love it. My friend Austin was, we were talking about Shania Twain. You talk about her a lot. Like you've mentioned talking about Shania Twain several times. Way more than I've ever had before. (laughs) He was telling the story about he had a cousin who she got married and this was their first dance song. And everybody was like rolling their eyes because they had been together for like two months. But the (laughs) the lyrics were like, it looks like we made it. Yeah. Look how far we've come. We've endured. God, we've, we've, yeah. They they, they didn't say we'd last. Yeah. They said we wouldn't make it. And it was like two months later. That's so funny. 
There are parts on this album where you can kind of giggle about the cheesiness of it, but like it's a pristine pop song. Yeah. And definitely a crossover. It doesn't feel that country, even though he's got the mandolin in the beginning. I mean, it's a great example of Mutt Lang's production. He doesn't only just simplify and make things full and clean and sanitized, like you said. You know, he makes some good choices. You mentioned crossover, and for better or worse, I think one of the reasons, I think they did some like three versions of this album. Yeah. Like an international version that kind of scaled back some of the country effects. Which that makes me go, did you really sell that many albums? This right. is three different albums, in a way. That's true. Has any other... Like, Back in Black, can you imagine there being, like, a Celtic version? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, a, you know, a South American version? Yeah, that's right. They had castanets. <laughs> Singing in Spanish. <laughs> An island version of Back in Black. Steel Bringing drums. the steel drum guy. I like... <laughs> the Australian version. Some guy comes in with a didgeridoo. Didgeridoo, yeah. All right, next. <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> and it's just looping. Like, they just do, like, a measure of, like, a sound, and he just loops and it And they in. just loop it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> It's extremely smart to do Yeah, that. it is. If you've got the resources, you've got the time yep. and the attention. If you've got Mutt Lang. If you've got Mutt Lang to do it, man, what a, what a smart decision. Yeah, because most people might make a different version and, and lose the soul of it. Yeah. But I feel like someone like Mutt Lang is not going to just yeah. throw didgeridoo on there. <laughs> right. So she wrote this to silence the haters because they said that she was using Mutt to further her career because he's 17 years older. Mm -hmm. The critics did not expect the relationship to last. And so she wrote the song as kind of a last laugh, right? Yeah. Except Except for... I wonder if all the critics like played that song for her (laughs) cruelly. Some like critic is standing outside her house with like a... A a boombox? boombox over his head playing this. (laughs) Just just staring at me. Yeah. (laughs) Nominated for four Grammy Awards. Okay. Won Best Country Song and Best Female Country Vocal Performance. But it lost record of the year and song of the year to fellow Canadian, Celine Dion. Because oh. you're not touching my heart, will go on. <laughs> Battle of the Canucks. <laughs> you're talking about the, the sort of pop crossover sensibilities of this yeah. album and of Shania. Should she be blamed or thanked for like the current state of country music and how poppy it is? Oh, because here's the thing yeah yeah, maybe maybe it's mutt's fault but like i mean even saying that they listen to this album this album is still way more country sounding than country music i hear today yes even though we 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 riff on it and talk about oh it was manufactured and it's pop music and all that but but even thematically the attitude is still more country than pop yeah grand i pose the question but i think it unfairly gets tasked as pop music but you have the one-two punch of garth brooks and then shania twain influencing this kind of rock pop country fusion that we see today i feel like that's when it really started gaining traction Mm -hmm. but when you look at country artists are popular and they're in pop culture they're gonna be appearing in movies Mm -hmm. you're gonna have people like john travolta what was that cowboy movie he was in Uh, urban 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 Cowboy. cowboy yeah here's the Saturday Night Fever guy in yep. there, you know, and then yep. you got like country artists who kind of cross over a little bit or a hit crosses over yeah. like Dolly and Kenny singing Islands in the Stream right. or right. something like there's elements of it. Yeah. But then it seems like in the 90s was where it became extremely intentional yeah. to start pushing. And Mutt Lang's a huge example yeah. of that. Here, I wanted to share this with you on the next song, Honey, I'm Home. Listen to these backing vocals, the sort of tone okay. and the way that they're recorded. Mm-hmm. Who does this remind you of? Jeff Leverett. Yeah. Is that Joe Elliott? 
<laughs> Probably. Oh my god. Hey Mud, I'm a little down on my luck, bro. <laughs> Could you give me some gigs? I'm sorry, man. I'm working with this country artist. Man, I'll just take sneak it. me in. There. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. That's uncanny. Her and Mutt, a huge part of that. Right. But yeah, now it's just out of control. Now it's it's crossed to where it's it's this amalgamation of country pop and like hip hop. And then we got Uncle Cracker, Matt. The Godfather. <laughs> Uncle Cracker. <laughs> Can't talk about this album without covering this next hit. I've known a few guys who thought they were pretty smart, but you've got being right down to an art. You think you're a genius, you drive me up the wall. Okay, so you're a rocket scientist. That don't impress me much. So you got the brains, but have you got the touch? Now don't get me wrong, yeah, I think you're all right. But that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night. That don't impress me much. It should fall out of place Okay, so you're Brad Pitt That don't impress me much Single number seven <coughs> Number seven? Yeah, one of her biggest hits ever It's catchy It was named foreign hit of the year at the 2000 Danish Grammy Awards Oh Man, she's worldwide she was Pitbull before Pitbull. <laughs> All right, so she name drops Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yep. There was a scandal about nude photos of Brad Pitt in Playgirl magazine. Oh. And he sued to get it you know, taken out and everything. But mm-hmm. she said that she was unimpressed by all the fuss because she found it was normal to see naked people. So sure. she's like, what's the big deal? Yeah, it's just human bodies. What is the big deal? I mean, it's just the pit. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you remember the video for this? I don't. This was the one with the leopard. Oh, this is the leopard buddy thing. And they shot it in the Mojave Desert. She's hitchhiking. The night before, she didn't want an early call time, or as early as it would have to be to get out to the Mojave Desert, and so she camped out in the Mojave Desert. Good for her. She's tough, man. She's a force of nature. Yeah. She's like, I'm Canadian. Yeah, I I worked in forestry in Canada. Yeah. This is nothing. The little sayings that she does. Uh If that song came out today, who would she name drop instead of Brad Pitt? Instead of Brad Pitt. Probably still Brad Pitt. That dude's still still hot. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Still Brad Pitt. So who, like, okay, who would she name drop? Maybe like Harry Styles or something like that. Which she just sang with at Coachella. He has mentioned her as being one of his biggest influences, which is kind of cool. I don't think she ever went away, but she is the type of person that, Similar to Dolly having a resurgence in the past 10 mm-hmm. years, like huge. Yeah. Now the fact that Harry Styles pointed to Shania yeah. and Shania came out, you're going to have a whole bunch of whole younger generation. people who are seeking her out. Yeah. 
What about the uh, rocket scientist? I've given this some thought. Okay. If she came out with this song today, yeah. here are some of the things I think she would say. Okay. Instead of a rocket scientist, be, okay, so you're a Bitcoin entrepreneur. <laughs> 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 or, okay, so you have your own charging station for your electric car. But yeah, instead of the, okay, so you've got a car. Yeah. Okay, so you're a content influencer and creator. <laughs> So, you're a TikTok star. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't impress me. Yeah, Harry's pretty hot. She might drop his name. Idris Elba. Oh, yeah, that dude's awesome. Did you watch The Wire? I've never seen The Wire. Yeah, he played a guy, Stringer Bell, and he was one of the most heartless gangsters and was awesome. And he's so cool. Yeah. He can play it so cool. He was so intense that when I saw him show up in the office. <laughs> yeah, with glasses on. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's Stringer Bell. What's he doing there? Don't they know who that is? He was great. Matt, I like how she talks at the beginning of every song, you know? <laughs> That's my favorite. Does she do it on every song? She might at least do some sort of exclamation or something. Yeah, let's check it out and see. Okay. Song by song. All right, we know about this one. Yep. Let's go, girls. All right, next. Kick it. Yep. <laughs> two for two. Two for two. <laughs> yep, three for three. All right. That's the best one so far. That is the best cool. one. You kind of wonder, like, my, get in the booth, get in the booth. Like, I'm just going to play it for you. And she, first time you've heard it. Yeah, the first time she hears it. She just goes, cool. All right. From this moment. Oh, she, don't yeah. she talk? Oh, yeah. Golly, five yeah, for five. She, yep. Well, that wasn't her. Well. It couldn't have been her. Yeah, that's not her. Oh, All right. six for six. She gets bonus points for this one. Oh, yeah. She said shake it. Yeah. Yep. All right. One. Yep. Seven for seven. Two. Okay. Here it comes. I like this. I like that a lot. With that guitar coming in. All right. Next. Don't let us oh, down, please. Here we go. <laughs> yes, eight for eight. <laughs> this is if you want to touch her, ask. Oh. No. Well, for many of the songs, A good like twelve of the sixteen or yeah. whatever. She shania's it. I wonder if they That's refer to awesome. that in the studio. <laughs> Can you just Shania a little bit at the beginning? Cool. <laughs> I wonder for the international versions they had her say different. <laughs> bueno. <laughs> Wackadoo. <laughs> All right. Finest work fans. Now we get to the point in our epipod where we challenge one another. If you had to remove a song, which one would it be? So what's Shania going to do? It's going to make you camp out in the Mojave Desert if you don't remove a song from Come On Over. That's right. Or it probably goes to like 20 below at night. And then like 115 during the day. If you don't remove a song. So Matt, if you had to remove a song off Come On Over, which one would it be? So this was way more difficult than I thought it would be yeah. going into this. Yeah. There are some bops on this album mm -hmm. for sure. But on an album full of kind of cheesiness and cheekiness and kind of some goofy parts that's what did it for me and so the song i would remove is honey i'm home hey 
gosh, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It's over the top cheesy yeah. for me on this one, and I can only take so much. What would you remove? I would remove <laughs> Come On Over. In the summertime when the feeling is <laughs> Exactly, man. <laughs> And it's only because of that kind of Zydeco feel. Like, that. like, I don't like it in its essence. It's not something you gravitate towards. Not something towards. I love. All right. It's time for your senior quote. It's senior year. You've got your yearbook picture, and you get to put a quote underneath it that mm-hmm. represents the journey you've been on the road that lies ahead, or just throwing some shade at a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want. Matt, what would your senior quote be? The senior quote I would choose from Shania Twain's Come On Over is from the song Love Gets Me Every Time. Mm -hmm. And the quote is, Life was going great. Love was going to have to wait. Was in no hurry. Had no worries. Staying single was the plan. There it is. As if I wasn't like single and it was not even the plan. It was just because I was single. But it's like, oh, no, man, you're going to college. You're going to experience new things uh-huh. and reinvent yourself. So there you go. What's yours? Mine would be from Rock This Country, Matt. I'd say we're <laughs> kicking up dust, blowing off steam. Let's get nuts. Not everybody scream. Yes. Yeah. There you go. People would be like, he must have just like really partied a lot. <laughs> nah. He just hung out with his friends. He just hung out with Doug. <laughs> not going to lie. I really enjoyed playing this album. I did not suffer through it. It started out as a joke and the joke's on me. Yep. This is a banger of an album. And it was fun to listen to it. So thank you, Shania. It is truly great to be back with another season of Finest Work Songs. And thanks, as always, to the listeners, the Finest Work fans, for coming on this journey with us and keep engaging with us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, at Finest Work Songs, or on our Facebook page. And check out our website, finestworksongs.com. And as always, get us those emails, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe we'll read one of yours on a future Kenny Gmail segment. This is a song jumped out as being unappreciated. I've never heard it, but I just kept coming back to this one, man. This song is awesome. We're going to go out with Black Eyes, Blue Tears. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. 